0: Hello and welcome to another of our Chamber Conversations. Today we're going to focus on some absolutely fantastic trailblazing businesses. The pandemic has created so many challenges for lots of companies and individuals. I wanted to find out more about the people who have been fantastically entrepreneurial over the last 12 months and also why they decided to take the plunge to work for themselves. So joining me are Teresa Peters, Stuart Copeland and Alistair Gaines. If I could start with you, Teresa, can you explain your business and your background to getting it started?
1: Yeah, thanks, Kay. Yeah, my name is Teresa Peters. My business is Accelerator Coaching Limited. I started the Accelerator Coaching in 2015 but then officially registered it in lockdown last year. So um, there's a bit of a story behind that. And um, The background is um, I worked in publishing and media sales and national newspapers for years. Um, and then we founded a publishing company, my husband and I in 2009 after redundancy with a six year old and baby twins. Uh, so we were kind of forced into it, uh, but at the same time we decided to follow our passions and, and set that company up. Then uh, in 2015, we were still running Relish publications and, and still are, um, but uh, a few things had happened and I was nearly 40, I'd had nine funerals in a couple of years, lots of transitioning and a GP actually said to me, you'd re- make a really good life coach. Um, and so, oh, well, I've heard the word coach branded around so much um, that I went on to do corporate and executive coaching and uh, personal performance coaching and scientific profile and things like that. And then uh, I uh, just followed my passion in lockdown and decided we had to pause our publishing company, which was reliant on hospitality. So overnight, we were hit in a big way. Literally a year ago this week, um, our world just literally stopped and we have three teenagers to look after and um, just decided to use that strength to start up another company officially. And that's my story really
0: <laughs> Oh, that's absolutely fantastic I know I, I did a coaching qualification just quite a, a low level one about probably about eight or nine years ago and I, you had to coach yourself as part of the training and I found that so helpful I'm sure people will be getting massive benefits from you especially at the moment more than ever yeah
1: it's an honour to be able to enable people right now
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, could I just move to you, Alistair? Could you tell us a bit about your journey to working for yourself, please? I know you've got substantial experience, haven't you, in the financial services?
2: Yeah. Um, so, so, yes, I've been in financial services for probably 24 years now or so. Um, so, yeah, my background was with uh, a large private bank. Um, so, so very much a large sort of corporate world. And, um, and then I left that bank to join a small startup wealth management business. Uh, based over in Sunderland. And uh, we built that business up over a period, I was there nearly 12 years um, into a good sized regional kind of wealth management firm, um, looked after a good wide range of clients. Um, and uh, just got to the point where I, I really had this itch that I wanted to do it for myself. Um, you know, I was one of the partners there, one of four, Um but, but really just felt there were things that I wanted to do in the way that I wanted to do it, which is, is very much focused around financial planning rather than financial advice necessarily. Uh, the difference being that financial planning actually ties in more kind of to what Teresa's talking about in terms of that coaching side of things. So it's about really understanding what um, my clients kind of goals are uh, long term and, and, creating a plan to help them meet that rather than simply flogging a financial product mm-hmm. so um mm-hmm. so yeah it's it, it's about sort of helping people understand that their behaviors have a real impact on you know their financial success or otherwise so uh, so yeah i started it at the very sort of end of 2019 um so obviously 2020 was the year where i was going to make a big splash and uh, mm-hmm. um that's kind of uh, been interesting shall we say so
0: yeah, that sounds great. Um, I can imagine that lockdown for all of you businesses would have been really such such a shock. But you've obviously all picked yourselves up and, as I say, blazing a trail. If I come to you, Stuart, you also had a, you had quite a traumatic start to your twenty twenty before lockdown. Do you want to
3: explain your story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, my name's Stuart Coop and I own and Leather. Um, Effectively, I I handcraft bespoke leather goods. So I make something to somebody's required taste. Um, My background, my story is not in leather whatsoever. Um, You know, it's one of those ones I found a couple of YouTube videos and trained myself how to do it as a a hobbyist. So throughout 2019, um, effectively, I was just messing about. You know, I was making bits here, bits there, bookmarks, and just out of scrap leather. Um, trying to die making a terrible job, trying again, getting a bit better at it. Um, and eventually things started picking up. So I, I actually started making this stuff. Uh, it was November in uh, 2018. And then the February of 19, a friend got in touch and said, could you make me an Apple Watch strap? I was like, yeah, I'll give that a go. So I made him his Apple Watch strap and I put it online. And then a few other people went, oh, shit, could you make us a wallet? Could you do this? And all of a sudden it came very clear that, hang on, there's actually some sort of of opportunity here and I had quite a passion for what I was doing I was I was really enjoying it and so I was like oh yeah yeah we'll give it a go um and at the time I was actually the sales manager for a marketing company so I was working Monday Friday out at five and I was finishing work and I was coming home and I was playing around with my leather bits and then I was going back to work and it repeated and repeated um, and then through my, sort of my network, I started speaking to, to Rockcliffe Hall and they came on as a reseller and it it picked up and it just became its own little thing. You know, this, this little hobby just turned into something more. Um, and then in January 2020, uh, six weeks before lockdown, I got made redundant. The company I worked for went to liquidation, shut down, and I was sat there with a, with a choice. And I went, well, I either... I go out and I do what I've done in the past. You know, I've had eight jobs in the past 10 years uh, all around sales. So I I either go out and get another sales job and I pick my phone up and I I ring all my contacts and say, look, I'm now doing this. Do you want to buy whatever it is I was selling at the time? Or do I go full time with this leather business and give that a go and go, look, this is now what I'm doing. I make my own leather goods. Do you want a wallet? Do you want a book cover? Do you want this? Do you want that? Um, So I decided to give it a go. You know, I was going to make the effort anyway for somebody. So I thought I'd make it for myself. Um, six weeks later we went to a lockdown and yeah I uh, I got scared let's, let's keep political. I got, I got a, a bit worried and, but um, come around April sales picked up things started moving forwards um, you know year on year in 2000 um, comparing 2019 to 2020 we had just shy of 700% growth throughout the year uh, it was absolutely fantastic and, and this year we're I think we're about 40% of last year's turnover. So it's picking momentum. It's getting faster. We've just brought in a bunch of new resellers. Um, so, yeah, it was it was one of those I had a choice to make of do I go full-time with somebody else? I'll go full-time with myself. And I just thought, may as well give it a go. If I don't do it now, I never will. That's uh, fantastic. And yeah, know,
0: um, your website is absolutely stunning. And you were saying your partner does the photography. and um, Yes. It's no wonder you're busy because your stuff just looks absolutely
3: stunning. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I made the website myself, Um, obviously working in marketing. I asked friends of who I work for, I how would you do this? How would you do that? Give us a hand with this bit. How do I set this up? And they uh, quick, quick phone call. They showed what to do. And I went ahead and done it. Uh, But yeah, the girlfriend, she's a she's a photographer. And I just went, look, should we set up a studio for you? Should we get you some kits? Should we do this? And you know, I'll pay for it. You just take the photos. And she supported me the entire way through. Bless her. She gets really irritating sometimes, especially when I'm saying Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you? I've got 13 products. Can you just go photograph them? You know, it's only eight o'clock at night. Just, just get it done quickly. You don't have to. You don't have to edit it now. Just photograph them. Yeah. yeah so she, <laughs> she, she, uh, she sometimes has a stern words with me, but no, she, she's fantastic. I couldn't have done without. To be fair, no, she's crying. Oh,
0: that's great. I know towards the end of the podcast, I want to touch on people who support you in your business. And so definitely please give her a name check and get her a glass of wine at the end of the day or a big cup of coffee, whatever it is that she would awesome. appreciate. Uh, um, if I could just come back to you, Teresa, in terms of the last 12 months in particular, what's been a great opportunity and what's also been a
1: challenge for you? I think tying in with what Alistair and Stuart have just said And the opportunity is that ability to reach out and ask for help. I think people have wanted to help each other in this time. So I uh, literally looked at my support network contacts. I've worked in sales for years as well and just thought, uh, you know, well, sales as it were, yeah, in publishing, but uh, you're just talking to people, telling them where you are, what you need to do and, and getting that support is crucial. And I think for me personally, um, I am energized by being around people. I, I love being around people. So I found it quite hard. And I mean, obviously, I've got my three teenagers and my husband here. But um, the opportunity was, oh, it still is, is that I'm more focused. And um, so I've never been more driven and focused to get this business to work. And um the virtual side for everyone on Zoom clearly is a, a, an opportunity. So I've been able to coach people in Dubai, in you know, internationally, and uh, across the UK. So and, and then did you ask about challenges as well? Or, or yeah, yes. um, yeah, challenges. I'd say trying to not be so driven by financial goals because obviously when one business is stopped, uh, that's a big thing that's on our mind. Um, and but. Uh, And and trying to make sure that the mental well-being of my three teenagers is at the full and making sure we're all kind of ticking along nicely and Mm -hmm. getting that exercise. So, um, and I think also a challenge when you're working by yourself as an entrepreneur, especially if you've run other businesses previously, I've got to be really mindful that I can't do everything 100 miles an hour and get to where I was with Relish. Overnight with my coaching company and um, and that's really important to remember, because I am very much a doer, and like to get things done and see the results and um, and and that's I just thought that's worth sharing for anyone listening, you know you it, it's small atomic habits every day Um and I guess as. I stopped drinking alcohol, actually, as well, which I think on a personal note, I've just, uh, I've always been a good party animal. I loved a good drink. <laughs> and it kind of crept in a bit in lockdown and just thought something's got to give here. Um, and I needed to focus on the business. So yeah, I hope that answers the question. <laughs>
0: oh, it does. That's absolutely great. We had a chamber event this morning, actually, and there was a Durham University academic who specialised in women and the impact of COVID. And she was just saying that she was homeschooling her five-year-old at one point, and she thought she would feel as if she wasn't necessarily doing the best job with everything. And then she suddenly thought, actually, I'm doing this, and it's a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's, everybody gets caught up in the fact. And you think it's like it's a global pandemic that is going to hit everybody hard. So just be kind to yourself and realize actually, getting through everything is quite a good thing in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Alistair, what's your view of what's been a great opportunity but a challenge over the last year?
2: Um, I, th- I think, for me, again, I would echo some of Teresa's points. Um, you know, I, I want Acrobus Wealth to, to to be a well-respected uh, regional financial planning practice, and um, and and having been involved in building a business previously, to then step back to effectively working for myself by myself, um, it's it's that impatience to try and um, you know, kind of. To get back to to maybe where where, where uh, I was previously in, in the other firm, um, somebody said to me the other day. You know, sometimes we uh, overestimate what we can achieve in twelve months and underestimate what we can achieve in ten years. And um, and I think that's you know that that's so true. So I think you know sometimes checking myself and and thinking, okay, well, what have I achieved over the certain periods and 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 recognizing that and reflecting on that, I think has been really important. I think for me, in terms of trying to build the, um, the networks and, and professional relationships, building my client bank, obviously 2020 was a was a challenge at certain times. And I, like Stuart, you know, March, April time were, was pretty difficult. But then I think we all adapted really well to to, to the work, new working practices. And I think, you know, the, the virtual networking side of things has been a real boom for me because I think I've got to meet many more people than I ordinarily would have done um and 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 just kind of build out those, those networks and those relationships is is much more efficient in the in the online or virtual world it's not necessarily always as enjoyable but um it's certainly much more efficient and then that has, has freed me up to to kind of work on the proposition work on developing the services that i offer and uh so, so yeah, I think 2020 was a very strange year, reflected on it at the end, to think, actually, I've achieved so much over the last 12 months, you know, so.
0: I think probably not travelling here, there and everywhere, it gives everybody more time to be at the desk, but then it creates other challenges. So what's your experience, Stuart?
3: Uh, you know, what? It, it, everything everyone said so far is absolutely spot on. Um, you know, we, I've had the exact same thing. You know, very very early days, especially looking at my previous jobs. Um, I've always been a salesman, and I still am but today. That's what I would say. So, what are you? What are you profession? I'm in sales. That's that is my bread and butter. So, when it came to Stu Coopland going full time work for Coopland Leather at the beginning of 2020. And I went, right, sales hats going on. And I went out there and I rang everybody and said, Look, can you get me an introduction to people who do this? You know, I was like, Oh, watch straps, I make some really nice watch straps. They're easy for me to make. You know, they don't take days, like some other stuff. You know, so I started getting introductions and I got an introduction to one guy who was uh, like kind of like an on the road seller for certain companies, but he's like a rep and he goes out and he sells your products to other shops. So I was like, fantastic. Yeah. And he said, Oh, can you do 100 straps? And I went, 100? I can't make 100. You know and i was in this mindset of when i worked in it that you know all right i sell a computer i hand it off to the engineers they set everything up the accounts team they invoice it you know all these other people come into play and then all I do is write a piece of paper like, sign up for us mate and I email us so and yeah they said yes and that was it you know when I went to marketing and I worked in marketing you know somebody wanted a Google ads campaign I didn't set it up I didn't do anything with it all I got to do was said the pretty words and they they said yes and I hand it off to somebody else they draw the work no, so I sold a wallet. I had to sit there for eight hours and make the thing. You know, it wasn't just uh, sell 10 wallets and get it done. It was sell 10 wallets and spend a full week making these 10 wallets. Um, so I had a very, very big sort of reality check going on. I'm, I really haven't thought of all of these areas. Um, so it was very much a step back, think it through. What can you do? Ring people, take advice. And, and this is something one of you said as well was... Um, our business community, especially around here, they're very, very welcome. They're very, they, they definitely want to help. You know, and if you go out there and you network with people and you build a relationship with, you've got those people ring up and go, I've got this problem. Have you had it before? What would you do? Um, and having that, pe- those people bounce off, um, you know, it's in, it's invaluable. So I, that's what I end up doing. I end up ringing people. Up and go, what would you do? And they I took advice. I listened to everything. I didn't take it all. You know, I chose what advice to take and, what I felt was best, why I asked for it. And I think that's what sort of pulled me through at the beginning. And then one of the other um, obstructions that we found or the obstacles we had to come over was my products are very much a physical thing. You know, if you're going to spend a hundred pound on a wallet, you want to see it first. You want to feel it. You want to smell it. You want to, you want to get a sense of the quality before you buy it. And then all of a sudden, I can't see anybody. I can't go out and hand them a wallet. We can't we can't meet up, and I can't show them that. I can't even show them the wallets. like I used to walk around with eight different wallets in my pocket. I was like, yeah, like Del Boy opening my jacket I'm going, "What do you want these. these?" And it was very much a case of I can't I can't do this. So that's where the photography came in. You know, our, you know, I rang up friends who worked in photography. Like, How do I set up a home studio? You know, what do I need to take in consideration? What lighting do we need? How do we create a a set um, and we took that advice again we bought the right equipment and we, we set it up so then we were getting the best um, pictures or the best videos that we could and the main one was do you actually make these you know a lot of companies out there will buy products from different places and assemble them in this country let's say it's made in the UK we don't we take the raw leather we cut it and we dye it and we make it into something. And people were asking constantly, do you actually make this? Is this made? So I ended up doing time-lapse videos, which some of you may have seen online, uh, of just recording the process all the way through. You know, It took a seven or eight-hour process and turned into you know 60 seconds an hour, uh, 120 seconds sort of thing. Uh, so people can watch it and it was finding what the obstacles were, but then finding the solution to that, to then make it more of a positive than, a, than an issue. It's no.
0: really imaginative way to overcome a challenge and then make it into a massive opportunity because people love time lapse, especially if people like crafts <laughs> and being able to see the route of, from the yeah. roll of leather, which we can, we uh, on this podcast, we can see behind you all of those rolls of r- 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 beautiful fabrics that were gonna, then going to become something magical at the end um so just in terms of other people who may be listening to this and are interested in being self-employed what advice would you give them Teresa, or somebody looking to maybe pivot their business because times have made a lot of businesses um be in a very different place to work where they were 12 months ago Ooh,
1: i'd say uh, advice wise uh definitely take advantage of what's out there i wish i'd known back in 2009 when we first thought of the other company Velish, and um, you know joining the chamber it sounds uh, and all these other companies there's also getting yourself a mentor or a coach obviously you've got support networks and reaching out and I know I can see you laughing there it's true. <laughs> but it's it is true I've got myself a coach you know and uh it's uh and I think it's kind of recognizing that because um, it, yeah I think it's it's raising it's finding out who you are and doing it on purpose I think that, you know, as Dolly Parton says, and I think that's a lot about what, you know, before you start any business, really stepping into the shoes of your clients. um uh, you know, I've worked with a number of people ranging from people who've been made redundant after 27 years and trying to find their love job from, uh, this is all through lockdown. Uh, others that uh, are working in a company and can see things changing. So they're wondering whether to leave and set up their own company. And then others who've lost everything, millions, and they're trying to get their confidence back to start again so I've worked with all those different types of people all looking to potentially run their own businesses and um, and so in terms of advice yeah reach out for support network but I think it's really important to kind of and it is national reflection day today. it's it's to reflect on your learnings in the past uh understand who you are what makes you tick and with that passion you'll you know anything's possible and um, so uh that's yeah uh, and also uh i'm fortunate uh, you know with, with the coaching um and this is a great opportunity with everything that's happened over the past year and um, i'm able to offer fully funded coaching um to business owners in the region uh we're obviously within restrictions but in terms and conditions but uh yeah i think it's it's self-reflection getting that support out there joining business networks and um and then finding your passion find out what your purpose is and going for it that's great thank you and and what about you alistair because obviously for people to financially plan would
0: obviously be important but what other advice would you say yeah i think
2: i think it's embracing working for yourself i think um as Stuart touched on there you know you 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 identify problems, and and you may not have the solutions immediately at hand. But but when it's only you, and uh, you have to go out there and and find a solution and work hard. And and I think you know that that self ref- reflection piece is important. I think you know understanding what you're good at and understanding what you maybe not so good at, and trying to to work and develop yourself um, on those areas where you might consider be considered to be a bit weaker. I think. Um, I, I, You know, I, I, you know, read a lot of business books and and they'll start with why Simon Sinek. you know, kind of understanding really, you know, what you want to achieve, you know, what's important and and trying to get that real clarity when you when you're starting a business, I think, is is very, very important. Um, So understanding, you know, what you do who you do it for, why you're doing it. You know, the, these are all kind of really important things. And I think it hence helps set that consistency and the consistency of messaging. I think when you then start to look at trying to build and grow and, and develop um, the, the, the proposition or, or the business.
0: That's great, thank you. I think you've pretty much answered it in terms of really using your networks in terms of advice for somebody. Is there anything else you want to add
3: to that, Stuart? And what does the next 12 months look like for you? you know it's it, it's a funny one because they have pretty much said exactly what i was thinking um it's down to that passion and you know asking yourself why why am i doing it you know and then when you decide well, why are you doing that you've got the whole um you know your logical and, and emotional decisions you know you you want to do something why are you doing it is it because it looks cool or is it because it's going to be good for your business you know do you, do you go out and do you buy a uh, a really nice fancy car because it looks good and it gives a perception or, or do you buy a work van that you can use as a billboard and you know and all these things you know it's, it's choosing the right decisions with it and you know some of the both touched on there is down to the passion of it you know i i I leather isn't wasn't my first attempt at doing business you know i, I had uh, i have had other ideas and things um and one of them i went quite far down the line of it it was a uh, it was a pet sitting service for exotic animals. You know, you've got kennels for dogs, you've got catteries for cats, but you've got nothing for lizards and, and, and snakes and all the other things. And I have, I have those pets, you know, I've got these exotic pets. So I was like, oh, exotic pet sitting service? No one's doing that. I want to go on holiday. Who looks after my pets? Like, Nobody does. I have to give it to a pet shop. when there's a business idea now. And my why to doing it wasn't for anything else, but because I've got an idea and I can go self employed with it. That was it. There was no other reason to do it. And it's the wrong reason. You know, that, and I, I found that out the hard way after I spent thousands of pounds on trying to make this thing work and, and, and months writing business plans and all that, getting further and further in line. I go, oh, actually, you know what? This didn't work. When it happened, it was the funding I went for didn't go through. And if I was passionate about it and I wanted it to work, I would have redone stuff, I would have made it work. What happened was I went, Oh, well, never mind. I, I've learned from it. I'll try something else next time. Where when Coot Leather came about, you know, that that wasn't a let's just give it a go. That was a every night, you know, 12, 30, 40, 15 hours a day. It was, you know, you sat there sleeping and you're dreaming about what you do for work. You're waking up and you're coming straight downstairs to get on with something. You now you're structuring your day so you can get business development done in the morning. You can dye things in the afternoon. You can, you know, and you're really trying to do everything at once. That doesn't come cool unless you have a, a genuine passion for what you're doing. You know, someone can look at me and go, oh, Stu, buys and buy some rolls of leather and he turns on a wallet and he sells it for 150 quid. I want to do that. But if they haven't got that passion behind them to actually learn how to do it, a value everything that they do, then then they'll end up giving up after a couple of months and trying something else after wasting time and money. It, it's finding something you're genuinely interested genuinely passionate about to then push that forward. Because if you don't find that niche and what you really love to do, you'll get bored and you're moving to something else and you will have just wasted time. So yeah, it, it's it's very much that why, why do you want to do it? I think the thing is, if you're not passionate about something, if there's a hurdle, I
0: could imagine that you think, I'm not going to go over that hurdle because you haven't got that fire in your belly to make you take the next step and then and then the next step so could I just ask you to continue and talk about the next 12 months Stuart obviously it sounds yeah, busy um yeah um
3: so looking at so this is going back now now we're, now we're kind of working in reverse um all last year was about how do I put my products online and get everybody to fall in love with them buy them you know it was that sort of how how do I now it's well, people are going out to shops now. So now I need to get offline, kind of, not always, but and then start putting things in. So we've just brought on um, some new resellers. So um, I was on the foot of Rockcliffe Hall this morning. We're doing even more with them. I've got Massive Devon Air coming on. We put a big cabinet in the Gardens like yesterday, so they've got a big display cabinet up there. um have got Owen Scott Bespoke and, and other people coming on board. You know, I have a, a, a Bespoke Tailors in London that we're speaking to later this week. So it's about putting things in front of people now, actually getting the products so they can pick it up and they can smell it. So if you go on the website and you go on to contact us just find our resellers, you know, there's an interactive map on there with pinpoints up and down the country where our resellers are so you can find your local place. So it's very much looking at the new obstacles and going, how can I overcome that now? You know, the new obstacle is people want to go out. People want to go to shops. People are sick of being in the house for the past 13 months or whatever it's been. I want to go outside and do something. So it's looking at those angles and how do we move that forward. Um, you know, Kooten Leathers, we're currently in talks about bringing a, an actual present uh, premises. This is the back room of my house that you can all see right now. Um, So this is an extension. And, yeah, I tend to workshop. I'm actually looking at a um a proper unit this this room itself is three and a half meters long by like two and a half meters wide um the one i'm looking at is 10 meters by five meters so we're going to get five times the space but that also allows me bringing apprentices it also allows me to grow the business so i can then focus on all the bits and bobs that i can do in the background and making the large ticket items where so they can be making wallets and other stuff so yeah there's a lot a lot going, a lot going on this year my predictions i'm going to go great at some point um but, yeah, we're,
0: we're working hard and pushing it through. Excellent. Uh, what, what a fantastic story. And what about you, Teresa?
1: How do the next 12 months look like? Uh, yeah, actually, Stuart, yeah, I can't wait to get my hair done.
2: <laughs> In April. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and, and uh, I think continuing from what you just said there, but it, it is, it, and that's what I do as a job, I align people's values and purpose with what, Career or path they choose to take, um, and and uh, so over the next twelve months, I'm in the middle of doing a new website. I did mine, my, my current one myself, and um, and I've decided to invest in that and get a new one and get that message across. And um, I think, uh, like the guys have just said as well, you, you live and breathe the brand, so uh, everything that my branding is about, it's yellow and grey. So everyone gets a yellow notebook when they you know when I coach with them and and those colors it's all about where it's all obviously I, I work with entrepreneurs predominantly men and women Um, who uh, I tend to to find just so fascinating because they are they love freedom they're full of ideas they're full of passion and loads of drive that's already there but sometimes their brains get so full that I'm there to help and enable them to with some scientific profiling and other tools as well enable them to put their thoughts into their hands and really get that subjective view and work out which bits to prioritize to push themselves forward so um Working individually has been the predominant what I've done all of last year. Uh, and this year I've been working more with groups of entrepreneurs through programs. Um, but I, I'm definitely taking it into, I've just uh, certified in advanced effective virtual team training. So that would be working. Uh, so that's something I really want to grow and develop this year, going into organizations and working with their teams uh, to make them more cohesive. Because uh, when I say going into it, it can be on Zoom as well. Um, because obviously we've got this hybrid approach where many are going to be working from home and, and the teams are more fragmented. Uh, so it's all about bringing them together. So certainly the team coaching, the new website, group coaching entrepreneurs, I um, definitely love to mix one-to-one with group coaching because I think it's very important to get to the the depths of that individual rapport as well as and, and and find out the needs of the group so that you make sure it serves everyone. Um, and then uh, I'm going to start a vlog as well. so uh, yellow and gray and again why I picked those colors and um, yellow is all about warmth positivity and um, optimism. And uh, well-being, and then the grey is resilience, cohesive teams, strength, and I do strength profiling and things. So it's all and uh, accelerated coaching. It makes sense to use car metaphors. So I've got a six gear program. I've got a yellow E type jag with no limitations and and uh, MOTs and full service. So uh, and I think that uh, is something I really want to drive. <laughs> forward. um because I I kept away from metaphors for a while because I didn't want to come across as too kind of corny I guess but um I've realized that it is my brand and I live and breathe it and actually when I'm working with quite analytical thinkers which is something that's really sort of organically happened male analytical thinkers quite enjoy that metaphor and you know use of metaphor to enable them to explain how they're feeling and move forward so uh, so that's my plans for the next 12 months
0: <laughs> well, as a wordsmith I love a good metaphor I think it really it brings pictures to life for people and they really get what you're talking about so much more quickly sometimes especially things that are complicated
1: but, but yeah. just to add to that sorry Kate and, and go with what Stuart said about a uh, you know using um a time lapse and things and people being visual and and Alistair mentioned you know it's different personality types it's being mindful of that so not everyone would want a metaphor so being adaptable is really important and some will write some are visual some are and it's having that ability to work that out uh, when you meet people.
0: Well that's great thank you obviously you had a good year last year Alistair so what does the next 12 months look like for you?
2: well i would certainly fit into a male analytical thinker so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very much in in that camp and uh, and i love to use my metaphors with clients you know I, I just when i work with clients for me it's it's about trying to keep things as simple as possible i think in in the financial advice and financial planning wealth management world there's lots of smoke and mirrors uh some would argue probably deliberate um you know it's about trying to keep things simple um, for me, I've got a very, very clear idea of where I want to get to with the business. And, and again, being that analytical thinker, I break that down into chunks and, you know, I know, I, I, I kind of know where I want to be. And, and in terms of growing the business for me, it's very much still about, you know, um, uh, building those professional networks, building those new client relationships, you know, there's lots of scope there, but then beyond that over the next 12 months, it's things like recruitment. It's, it's you know, building partnerships, um, you know, I've, I've just entered into a partnership with a large um, professional body um, to offer advice to their members, um, you know, so it's, it's trying to pick up these strategic partnerships. Um, and that will also be internally within the industry as well. If I want to build the type of firm that I want to build, you know, I won't just be doing that myself. So it is about identifying those other opportunities. But to come back to something that we talked about earlier, I think sometimes when you've got lots of opportunities, everything looks great and, you know, you you can get distracted by things. So I think that planning process is really, really important to to build those steps out. So, uh, yeah, certainly for me over the next 12 months, more relation you know new relationships um uh, and uh yeah just trying to push the business forward like that so
0: that's great thank you Stuart. if i could just come to you but we're going to the end of the podcast now could you describe your business approach in three short sentences or your unique selling point
3: um yeah our, our business plan is we believe in high quality products that last it ain't, it ain't three words, um, but that—that's simply it. Is as we believe in high-quality products that last. So anything that we produce, it's about longevity. It's about the materials, and and that—that's effectively it.
1: That's spot on. Thank you. What about you, Teresa? Um, I'd say that, um, yeah, I uh, use I coach the whole person using an evidence-based, results-driven approach, and when I say whole person. I mean, um, personally and professionally, because life and business has become very blurred, especially lately. Um, but what makes me different, I guess is, and this is what other people say, not me necessarily, and, and uh, is that I'm very easy to talk to and people tell me things that they've never told anybody else before. And I don't bat an eyelid. It's just sort of just sort of um, uh, something that I'm able to do. So they open up and have this safe space um, but also we have a professional way of measuring the success and the outcome. That's not three words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's still very pertinent, you're allowed.
1: <laughs> um, over to you, Alistair.
2: I certainly can't squeeze it into three words either. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I, I, I've got a kind of unusual blend of experience so I've got that large corporate world I've got that small independent world you know I'm I'm as highly qualified as an advisor as anybody you'll come across but actually much more important than that I think it's about keeping things simple and you know trying to convey the complex financial world in as simple a way as possible to make it understandable so that clients know what I'm doing why I'm doing it for them uh, and can feel comfortable and get a you know kind of element of peace of mind from from that so uh, yeah it's about simplicity it. thank
0: and thank you all for being so insightful and and honest about the sort of like the benefits the, the sort of challenges and also the absolute pleasure that you obviously get from you from your businesses it's been a complete pleasure to talk to you thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening